Giuliani. Good afternoon and welcome to the Rudy Giuliani Show. And uh, thank you for, for tuning in. We've got a heck of a, heck of a show today. Uh, uh, after the uh, mid-break, we're going to have uh, the great, great uh, columnist and author, Miranda Devine, author from uh, the bestseller, Hard Drive from Hell, and, and one of the people that probably has made some of the most uh, uh, damaging and most important discoveries in the Biden crime family saga. Uh, tremendously courageous reporter and just one of the best we have in America. And one of, <laughs> one of the honest ones and... Unfortunately, that's not the majority. And also, another breaking news just happened. I'm catching up on it, and that is uh, uh, they filed, uh, and I think it was Joe Tacopina who filed this, a bar complaint against Bragg. Uh, and I think it encompasses uh, ba basically uh, you know, his violations of the law, which uh, not only involve this uh, outlandish prosecution, which is a complete misuse of prosecutorial power, abuse of discretion, violation of legal ethics. It's not an obstruction of justice, but also uh, from day one, this man has been a lawbreaker. The day uh, on day one, I think it was January 1st, when he took his oath of office. Uh, gosh, I administered this oath of office to at least 150 assistant U.S. attorneys, and it's not terribly different in the state. Part of it and the key part of it is that you will uphold the law, the Constitution and laws of the United States and of the state of New York. He then, he then puts out a document in which he basically says he's not going to uphold half the laws of the state of New York, roughly half, and some of the most important. Now, he has since modified that somewhat. He's still not committed or is committed to not following about a quarter of the laws of New York. Uh, and the reality is, in practice, he's, he's done what he said he was going to do, even though he backed off it. So now you look at practice and you say, at the beginning, he announced and spit right in the eye of uh, the judge or whoever gave him the oath by, by putting his hand up, putting his hand up and lying. That alone should, uh, should involve uh, throwing him out of the bar and throwing him out of office, which is what... Uh, a candidate for governor at the time for the Republican nomination for governor said within about three hours, and that was Andrew Giuliani, my son. He's the one who had the guts to come out first. Now, Lee Zeldin did uh, uh, a while later say the same thing, but it was Andrew Giuliani who picked it up immediately. I didn't even tell him. <laughs> he said to me, Dad, didn't he just swear to uphold the law? And doesn't that, how many, how many laws is he not going to enforce when he, when he doesn't arrest people for armed robbery or he drops an armed robbery down to a misdemeanor when the state law says it's a felony. How about resisting arrest? I said, Andrew, resisting an arrest is an invitation to beat the hell out of the New York City Police Department. And that means you can beat the hell out of a cop and you're, you're going to get a misdemeanor or go home. Well, you definitely go home. No bail. I said, this is an hour. I mean, this is basically a document undercutting the penal laws of New York. I will undercut the penal laws of New York because I'm a communist or I'm, a, I'm a against white supremacy or I don't know what I am or I'm paid by Soros to do it. And uh, about time that somebody tries to get him out. Hochul didn't have the guts to do it and Adams doesn't have the guts to do it, which is one of the reasons why. <laughs> OK, so they have a report for 2022. We have the big news uh, under Adams and Hochul. 
Thank you both. Crime is up in New York, 27%. Crime is up in the state by 21%. You've done a great job, Adams. Good first year. Wow. <laughs> you had a really good first year. 22% increase in crime. Uh, 27%, sorry. Boy, you were, must have been a hell of a cop. Did you ever make a, actually, I, I just saw Ray Kelly. I should have asked him. Do you ever remember Adams making an arrest? Hmm. I remember him demeaning the police department. I remember him attacking Ray Kelly. I remember him making all kind of specious charges of racism. Any law enforcement achievement by Adams? Well, you call me up and you tell me if you can remember an arrest that uh, Mr. Nightlife uh, uh, had. huh? But he does have the distinction of a first year I don't know if any mayor has had as many as a 27% increase in crime in his first year as mayor. And there's more crime than when de Blasio was mayor. Even now, crime is up this year. We don't know exactly what the percentage is. I can find out. But it's up again this year. That's after 27% last year. Okay, shootings or murder is down 10%. Everything else is up. Overall crime up 27%. That's a lot of people victimized. A lot of people beaten to hell. And, and your friend Bragg had a lot to do with it, Adam, so you don't have the guts to do anything about it. In fact, you don't have any guts at all. All you do is talk about how you're going to change the bail law, and uh, so does uh, uh, Miss Big Mouth or, or Miss Crook, really, who's just waiting to make her money on the stadium in Buffalo. People forget that. I don't. She's got another whole scandal coming up. and well, I mean, Albany's crooked as hell. You've got to be a fool not to know that. Albany is... It's so crooked. Uh, Meanwhile, the Post, I don't know, New York Post, I'm going to have Miranda on, so I don't want to go too bad on the Post, but i gotta, I got to object to this picture where they superimpose Donald Trump kind of fighting the police off. Now, you can't do this. A lot, of people, a lot of people look at this and they think it's real. And don't tell me it wasn't intended for that purpose. Plus, they devote four pages to, to Ron DeSantis. Except uh, with, uh, with the uh, otherwise uh, not terribly credible Piers uh, uh, Morgan. And Piers Morgan now has done four separate columns on, uh, as part of the Let's, Let's Elect DeSantis movement and done terrible damage to him. Uh, as a result of Piers Morgan's fawning interviews, uh, DeSantis now has two positions on Ukraine. This is exactly what Republicans don't want, a two-position candidate. I mean, the, 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 uh, 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 the terrific uh, uh, surge forward that Trump made was, whether you like him or not, you know, he told you what he was going to do and he did it. And he didn't have anything where he had two positions. Uh, and he didn't back off <laughs> when the press started yelling at him. So he, 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 he writes a letter and gives a statement to Tucker Carlson, uh, literally sucking up to Tucker Carlson to show that I'm a big isolationist and I wouldn't go any further with Ukraine and Ukraine is only a territorial dispute uh, despite the fact that uh, Putin invaded a, a country, has killed men, women, and children, has certainly participated in war crimes. Now, there's not anyone who's more realistic about Ukraine than I am. If you want to say to me, we've done a terrible thing in giving him all that money and not being, making it accountable, I mean, even from the point of view of, gee, how much of it really goes to arms and how much do the, do the crooked oligarchs take? Because 
Zelensky did not clean up the oligarchs before the war. He is the creature of one of the major oligarchs, a, a guy named Kolomoisky. Now, nobody else tells you this, right, because he's the hero, and we're going to do propaganda. We're going to make him into a great hero, but we've got to make him into hero warts and all uh, so we don't walk ourselves into a trap and get used. Uh, this guy got made by the chief money launderer in Ukraine, Kolomoisky, who ran uh, Prime Bank. He is a major criminal, a major crook, uh, should literally be in jail, and is, and is not being prosecuted because he's Zelensky's patron. Now, all those dollars come in. Uh, all of a sudden, I know, I know patriotism you know, comes into it, and I respect uh, even some of the uh, crooked um, uh, uh, oligarchs are patriots. I mean, they're anti-Russian. Uh, Kolomoisky is. Now, the guy that employed the Bidens, strangely enough, is, anti- is pro-Putin. Uh, and, you know, Bi- the Bidens are just completely a part of the, of the corruption in Ukraine. It's like they're partners for years. So... Biden uh, resists, and people wonder why, some kind of like audit auditor or inspector general for this money. You've got to be a fool not to know why. Uh, we, 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 uh, we have fools, and then we have people who enable, and then we have people who participate. But we don't have it too many honest people. So I, I sympathize with that part of what he's saying. I do not sympathize with the fact that... Uh, uh, that we, we don't do everything we can short of getting into the war ourselves to help them win the damn thing because uh, uh, Russia wins, China wins. That's the way to look at it. That's just the damn situation we're in. And Russia is doing something that's intolerable, and the people of Ukraine don't deserve this. The oligarchs, the crooks, okay. Maybe they don't even deserve this. I'm not sure, but you can't have any empathy for them. And are they taking some of this money? You're damn right they are. Aleppo doesn't change its spots this much. They took money in 14 that Obama pumped in. They're going to take some of this money. They've never reconciled $5 billion in unexplained foreign aid. $5 billion in unexplained foreign aid. And Obama told them, you know, not, not necessary to do it. Because half of it would implicate people in the Obama administration. So... There's not many people who know much more about Ukraine and the bad side than I do, and I still think we should be supporting them. And I think what DeSantis said, to Tucker goes too far. Well, he obviously thinks that, too, because he took it back when he, when he, when he uh, and he said, oh, well, I didn't mean it was just a territorial dispute. Well, if you didn't mean it was a territorial dispute, don't say it. I'm tired of these guys who, oh, I didn't mean it, I didn't do this. I, I, we don't need another one. So first time out of the box on foreign policy, we got a guy with two positions. Then what I didn't like was when he, when he condemned what Bragg is doing, which, of course, he was late doing, but he did and he should. He began it with a recitation of, well, he, he doesn't really know about this uh, 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 payment to this woman and uh, sex charges and stuff. Not going to say anything about there is no reason to mention all that except, except to jam Trump. Okay, fine. But you better be, you better be an altar boy, babes. And when, when, all of a sudden, I, I don't know, I, got, I actually thought Trump maybe was a little out of line when he called you sanctimonious. 
All of a sudden, you earned the you earned it. You bought it, babes, with that statement. Well, I don't know about the you know the the the, the sex charge and the payment of and that. I don't know about that, but. If that's not sanctimonious, I don't know what sanctimonious. I mean, Trump is a heck of a. He picks the weaknesses. He picks the weak. I mean, he gets them, and that's why it works. It isn't just that he makes these comments. Somehow, he, I mean, I. I didn't see that coming. He did, and he walked and he walked right into it. It's like a guy putting his chin out, and <laughs> the punch is thrown, and he walks into it. Trump says he's sanctimonious. He proves he is. But we'll be back right after the break. And then uh, uh, in a little while, we'll have Miranda Devine and we'll be talking about the FBI mole. The Rudy Giuliani Show. Uh, this is Rudy Giuliani back again with the Rudy Giuliani Show. Uh, in a few minutes, we'll have uh, we'll have uh, the full explanation of uh, of the possible mole inside the FBI that the Bidens had for some time. Uh, uh, but before that, let's you know, let's take a let's take a call from uh, from Larry. Yeah, hi Rudy. You know, uh, hi, for a Larry. couple of things. Hi, how you doing? A couple of things. First of all, I want to I want to mention about, about January sixth. There was a federal judge. His name is uh, Walton uh, Reggie Walton, who uh, from the uh, from Washington from the Washington Circuit, who sentenced a twenty one year old. Uh, uh, boy from North Carolina to 40 months in jail for, for spraying pepper spray on a cop. Now, th- he pulled this kid out of basic training. This kid signed up for the military, and instead of the military, he, I think he went through basic training already. He put him in federal prison for 40 months with his mother pleading in the courtroom that, his, that her son didn't never had a, a criminal background, obviously got into the military, so he was clean. All right. So this judge had no mercy whatsoever. And in New York, if you spray pepper spray on somebody, the most you get is a year in jail. Oh, you probably, oh, come on. You, you probably get, you probably walk if you have no record. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno. Right. And there was a guy, who, uh, the Muslim guy, who beat the hell out of a couple of Jewish guys. He got a year, recently got a year and a half in jail for hate crime. And this 21-year-old kid is sent to 40 months. Who the hell is this judge? Yeah, I want to tell you something, okay? Clarence Thomas would never do this, uh, something like this. Yeah, he would have murdered. I think What's the judge's judges, name, Larry? I, I want to look him up. Re- Reggie what? Reggie Walton. Walton. Okay. I want to know if this guy is another affirmative action case like Greg, you know, who's now coming in and, 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 and showing yeah. history. But for the, well, thanks for letting us know. I mean, I mean, I, th- I think as we get further into that January 6th thing, we got a Japanese internment situation there. I mean, the, these people's, uh, this was like a one of the worst violations of constitutional rights ever. Uh, I mean, these people, no matter almost no matter what they did, and they didn't do anything like they didn't kill anybody, they didn't burn anything, they didn't do any major destruction. 
for them to be sitting there, you know, in jail uh, without trial for a year, year and a half, I mean, that's completely, I mean, that's a fascist state. And then how about the guy that was in there for three, uh, Stewart, I think his name is, there's a complete uh, video of everything he did. It's only three minutes. He walked in, uh, unaccosted, open, people walk in and he walks in. He talks to three or four people, he walks out, and they want to put him in jail for 20 years. Now they now they brought it down to one year. He shouldn't go to jail at all. They should pay him damages for having arrested him. Well, let's see what um, let's see what Jim has to say in Brooklyn. Excuse me. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Last Hi, Jim. Time I talk, last time I talked to you, I mentioned how in 1986 in Gorbachev's 27th Congress, the Soviets openly wrote, and I reported it back then that they're going to be working closely with China from now on because we're both communists. So they've been working together all along. But there's something I just remembered. you believe this? I broke a major story, and I forgot about it until the other day that the communist China knocked down the American drone. Then I remembered. I reported. I called up, I think it was the Bob Grant show, maybe 20, 25 years ago, a long time ago, maybe 20 years ago, that uh, communist China just purchased 225 Su-27 attack aircraft from the Soviets. So I don't remember if that was 20, 25 years ago yeah. I made the call. But here's the thing. I reported that 225 Su-27, a modern attack craft with a lot of American technology on it, about a year or a year and a half later, the CIA found out about it. The CIA reported it when they spotted the planes being unloaded. I guess one of our satellites spotted the planes being unloaded in China. So now most people on talk radio, most talk radio conservative media celebrities, if they ever broke a story, they'd remember it because right. you know they, they don't break. I I did that as a caller and right. I forgot about it until recently. That well, twenty seven was in the media. Well, Jim, you're a heck of a resource. God bless you. We'll be back with Miranda Devine right after the break. The Rudy Giuliani Show. This is Rudy Giuliani back uh, with you in the Rudy Giuliani Show. And we have on, on the line one of the very, very best reporters, writers, investigate, investigators, uh, in the U.S., uh, and with a great book, uh, Hard Drive from Hell, a bestseller, and uh, has uh, performed, I think, uh, acts of patriotism in the discoveries that she's made, uh, not just with the hard drive, but the ones that she made thereafter, including this one, uh, which I'd like her to explain about the possibility that the Biden family, I call it the crime, Biden crime family, had a, uh, a more or less somewhat of a permanent contact within the FBI. Miranda, how are you? Hi, very good to be with you, Mayor Giuliani. Um, yes, look, this is just another bizarre twist on the Biden family story. Um, this Israeli professor, Gal Luft, uh, now currently in jail on gun-running charges in Cyprus. Um, he's been uh, granted bail, but he hasn't been allowed out yet. Um, and he's a former 
high-ranking officer in the Israeli Defence Force, a security expert, well-connected with intelligence circles in Washington, D.C. Um, seems a legit person, and what he has claimed through his lawyer is that he has been jailed, uh, locked up <clears throat> on bogus charges, he claims, uh, to cover up what he knows, stop him from spilling the beans on um, Biden family corruption. And the reason he would know about that is because he worked for three years in Washington, D.C. with Hunter Biden's Chinese business partners from CEFC. He worked closely with them. He says that they told him things about Hunter Biden and Jim Biden and their dealings with the FBI. He says that Hunter Biden had a mole inside the FBI, either a serving or former uh, high-level agent, very well connected, and his nickname was One-Eye. And Hunter talked about this with him, and it was one of his selling points, right? It was one of his selling points to the, well, to, to the Chinese. Yeah, yes. Well, it, it wasn't that Hunter Biden spoke to the Israeli about it. It was that the chairman, Yi Jingming, right, who right. Was it was, the, it was Hunter Biden's removed. business partner, told... Uh, this guy, this Israeli, that Hunter had this FBI mole who was helpful to his Chinese partners because he tipped them off when uh, there was an FBI investigation into them. And that allowed Chairman Yi to skip the country um, and not before he asked Hunter to represent him as his private legal counsel for a million dollars. And so he skipped the country, Chairman Yi, but then he told his kind of junior partner, a guy called Patrick Ho, that it was safe for him to come back into the country. So poor old Patrick Ho flies into JFK and immediately is arrested by the FBI. And lo and behold, Hunter becomes his legal counsel, gets paid a million dollars for that, doesn't do any actual legal work. But we do know, and this is where Gal Luft's, um, another aspect of Gal Luft's story that checks out, we do know from the laptop that Hunter Biden had at least one source in the FBI that he contacted after Patrick Ho was arrested. Um, and we know that because uh, there's an email um, on the laptop from the lawyer who actually did the legal work. Hunter Biden didn't do any legal work um, that we can tell for Patrick Ho after he got arrested for that $1 million he was paid by CEFC. He offloaded the work to another lawyer and attorney in New York called Edward Kim. And Kim asked Hunter, can you get hold of those FBI uh, agents that you know helped you after Patrick Ho was arrested and find out a bit more or give me their names or whatever? So, um, so we know that there was some contact there between Hunter and his FBI sources. So... Uh, now there's further confirmation of that from this guy, Gal Luft, who, you know, I mean, he's in jail. So uh, you can only talk to his lawyer um, and his lawyer can't have any um, unmonitored conversations with him. So um, it, there'll be, you know, he'll have to put up, uh, you know, more information when he gets out of jail. Now, the FBI interviewed him, right? That's what he said, yep. And, and, and that was that, like in March of 2019, According to him, uh, two, 
days in Brussels. Uh, it was about 18 to 20 hours of interviews after he'd contacted them to say that he had this information that um, this Chinese company was paying the president's son and the president's brother, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars um, and uh, per month, you know, 175000 per month, and that he had other information about Joe Biden that he wanted to give to them. So they interviewed him in Brussels. He chose a neutral place. They flew out there uh, from the Southern District of New York and they interviewed him uh, over two days. And then he said he never heard from them again. Well, this is very <laughs> consistent, isn't it? With, yeah. It's like, let's, I mean, uh, much later on, that's what happened with Bobulinski. He spent a day with them, gave them incriminating information. They never got back to him. Uh, several um, several uh, uh, Ukrainian prosecutors wanted to reach the Southern District of New York. They retained a former U.S. attorney who went to the Southern District of New York, gave him the information. They never got back to them. In uh, January of 2020, Bob Costello and I gave the U.S. attorney the name of a woman who worked for Burisma who was willing to give up offshore bank accounts. Uh, they were very interested in meeting with her. They spoke to Barr, and Barr killed it. Uh, I mean, I can go on and on and on. This is very consistent conduct. There had to be somebody inside DOJ or FBI shooting these things down. Yes. Look, One after the other. That, it's like... Yes, and the other um, potential thing that I wonder about and other people have suggested is that somehow Hunter Biden was being protected by... It's high-level CIA people. Remember, John Brennan um, was the CIA director under Obama. Um, and remember, of course, that the, these former CIA people um, came out of the woodwork when our story first came out that sure. you finally gave us uh, in October of 2020, oh. the 51 former Intel people, to tell that lie that it was Russian disinformation. So I remember really that really well, Miranda, because uh, uh, Biden named me in the debate. Yeah. As yes. the Russian agent. It, well, exactly. <laughs> Me, personally. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And, Liar. And that later gave Joe Biden exactly um, an ability to get off the hook in that debate and to point to that letter from the 51 intelligence officers. So I wonder, and it's been suggested um, by people who know these things, that it may have been that Hunter Biden... Um, maybe Jim Biden, had some sort of protection from the intelligence services. And maybe it was that protection that um, that sort of killed off, because it just seems incredible that all these stories that lead to the Bidens get killed off. You know, so many people have gone to the FBI, so many very credible informants with credible evidence and credible witnesses have gone to the FBI over a long period of time, given a similar story, the FBI had the laptop, and yet nothing is done. And so there has to have been something very compelling to crush that story um, when it was popping up on so many different levels. And it would make sense if there was some sort of deeper corruption within the CIA or some plausible deniability there, some ability to put Hunter Biden on the books, um, you know, with the, with the intelligence. Maybe he did give them information because he was flying in very high circles around Putin and President Xi. Uh, and he also did always have nine lives. You know, 
the, the sort of things he was getting up to overseas and the unsavoury characters he was mixing with and his crack addictions and so on made him exquisitely vulnerable. And so there must have been somebody looking out for him, as you would expect for the, the son of the sitting vice president. Well, I mean, keep going. It seems like you come up with uh, one of these every week. Uh, uh, something new every week. I mean, the totals now, just so we, we get the money straight, is uh, the Bidens over the three, four, five years before Biden went into the White House, how many millions did they get from Chinese communists of one sort or another? About seven, eight million that we can count now? Yeah, yeah, at least. Um, there's some discrepancy about um, $3 million. So the Johnson-Grasley report had um, evidence of two wires um, worth $3 million each that went to Rob Walker, who was right. uh, their friend in Arkansas. And then he, he later filtered that money, as we just saw last week from James Comer, in small amounts over three months to four uh, Biden family members. Now, that was on one of these wires. But the other $3 million wire, um, Comer's people have not yet been able to find that money. Um, so we're not sure if that actually did get paid or there was some sort of double up. Um, but So that would be seven or eight. It was $11 million, but then on top of that, that's just CEFC. On top of that, you've got untold money from another business deal with BHR that Hunter had 10 percent um, stake in this. Um, and what about the 4.9 million from CEFC? Yes. So that's part of that either, you know, 8 million or 11 million, 12 million. <laughs> 8 million or 11 million. I'm laughing because <laughs> I'm going, I'm going back to an analogy like during the cold war. Suppose uh, John Kennedy or Ronald Reagan got seven or $8 million from the Soviet union or for agents of the Soviet Union, where would they be? They'd be in prison. <laughs> That's where they would be. Right? This is ridiculous. Yeah. Money well, from Chinese communists. I mean, Chinese communists want to destroy us. But, you know, what we're seeing is there's been such a lack of curiosity from the media. And it's remarkable. Very... Aren't they Americans? God. Well, yeah, but they seem to have been... Uh, brainwashed or intimidated into not reporting this to or embarrassed. And there's a fascinating email that was uncovered um, by the America First Legal, that Stephen Miller's outfit. Um, and it shows a Bloomberg reporter or Kate Bedingfield, who was then VP Biden's media flack, talking to Hunter Biden's um, business partner, Eric Schwerin, um, about a Bloomberg reporter on the plane with Joe Biden on the way to Ukraine uh, in, in December of, I think it was 2015. And um, she she's asked him about Hunter Biden and Burisma and how that undercuts uh, Joe Biden's corrupt anti-corruption message. And, um, and so Kate Bedingfield, Joe Biden's black, immediately transmits the quotes uh, from that interview to Eric Schwerin, Hunter's business partner. And the, the blistering irony of it is one of the quotes says um, that, you know, that Joe Biden knows nothing about Hunter's business dealings, there's nothing to do with it, and, and Hunter has nothing to do with his business dealings. And, it, and, and right then, Joe's black is contacting Hunter's business partner to tell him what he's telling journalists. 
It's just about his business dealings. Right, so, right. I mean, there's a clear connection between uh, his political uh, uh, staff and and the business. That's and then we and then we've yeah. got Hunter telling us toward the end that for thirty years, fifty percent was going to Joe. Yes, and the, the Bloomberg reporter, who I don't think ever reported any of this, tells Kate Benningfield that she will do anything she can not to report this story, and she will only report it if her editor holds a gun to her head. Well, Miranda, thank you very much. Uh, uh, Pulitzer Prize, for sure, if they had any guts. A great book. Uh, if you haven't read it... You'll... It, it, it wouldn't have happened without you. Well, I know, but it wouldn't have happened without you either. And uh, believe me, you don't read it, you don't know what's going on in this country. You better read it. Thank you, Miranda. Keep going. Thanks very much, Rudy. Bye-bye. And now, and I can even say more about it now that she's off the yes, she doesn't get embarrassed. I mean, there wouldn't have been a story without her. I'm telling you, it wouldn't have been a story without me or Bob Costello, too, but there wouldn't have been a story without her. Not in the Post or maybe anywhere, because the Post had to have the guts to break it. Nobody else would. And then they get censored and thrown off, and 16 months later, they, they're, they're right. Plus, remember, during the, we'll play it uh, tomorrow. I'll pull it out. Uh, in the middle of, I think it was the second debate, Biden just throws my name in with those 51 people that I was a Russian agent. I wanted to rip his head off. I spent my life fighting communism, pal. You didn't. When I was a kid, I was doing affidavits for Russian spies. You creep. A little personally angry about that. Sorry. I take patriotism seriously. Obviously, you don't. Now, I want uh, this, I don't know, maybe this is comic relief, but it isn't comic. I want you to, I want you to get a, a, a sense of the fact that, and I want you to figure out, uh, uh, just give me an estimate when I come back after the break. Uh, you know, you can call in and give me an, how many brain cells is this guy missing? Uh, this is him talking about this is Women's Day or talking about his wife. He had already said a bunch of jerky things about his wife putting notes on his um, on his mirror while he's shaving. I'm, I don't even think he shaves himself. I don't think he could find his face. I mean, he falls down walking upstairs. Uh, play number two. We were talking inside. Jill has, and I think I told Nancy this before. Jill has put some messages on my mirror while I'm shaving, so I make sure I see them. <laughs> and one that was put in about a year ago was, stop trying to make me love you. Now, now play, uh, play, uh, play number, I think it's number two. We were talking inside. Jill has, this is a time for celebrating extraordinary women who have made their mark in history, strengthen our nation. And like Jill, the first lady, the first full-time lady, the first lady who works full time, <laughs> in addition to being the first lady. This not, I mean, this sounds like a ceremony at a nursing home. It sounds like a ceremony for the people in the nursing home, which is where this guy belongs, not the commander in chief of the greatest nation on earth, the one we're counting on to protect us against Chinese tyranny, Russian tyranny, and the tyranny of. George Soros, Klaus Schwab, and One World. And this guy is a cave-in to all three. We'll be back with the mayor's final thoughts. The Rudy Giuliani Show. So, uh, 
This is the mayor's final thought, sponsored by Tunnels to Towers. And I was thinking this may be singularly the most important thing I do on this show. And that is to ask you to contribute $11 to Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. Do it right now if you haven't done it. And double it if you have. They, they, you, I think you probably know by now what they do, right? They take care of our men and women in uniform who die. They get, uh, uh, they get there right away and take care of the mortgage on the house or other things similar to that to make the family feel stable and taken care of. Having been involved in many of those situations, I have to tell you, it's critical to beginning the process of not feeling alone as well as just practically important. And second, when people return uh, from taking care of us and not able to use their legs and their arms and, uh, and not have the independence that a human being is entitled to, they'll go about uh, building smart homes, of which they've done many, 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 with your money. That's why I think it's one of the most important things I do, if not the most important thing I do. So get your $11 in, okay? Now, for the mayor's final thoughts, there are a couple of points I want to make because they jump out clearly from the news today. Uh, There's a little quote at the bottom of an article in the New York Post by Zach Williams, which is actually quite informative because it gives you all the the crime rates, which are astonishing under Hochul and Adams. This is a hell of a team of crime enablers. Uh, index crime, uh, uh, overall index crime up 21% of the state under Hokopokal and up 21% on nightlife Mayor Adams. 21, 27%. I mean, if, if there's anything that's a sign of failure, it's the fact that crime went up while you were governing, okay? I mean, there are a lot of other signs of failure, like people are leaving their state and city in record numbers more than any other place in the country. That may be actually even a bigger sign of failure because it shows you the final result of all the things that they are not doing and all the corruption that they are allowing. But in the bottom of the article, there's a great explanation of it from the Assembly Speaker Carl Hasty, Hasty, Hasty from the Bronx, who's got to be one of the biggest villains in the state. As I've always said, you're not going to incarcerate people into crime dropping. Now, this guy is either deliberately venal or he is a complete moron. Uh, 30 to 40 years ago, uh, Professor James Q. Rilson wrote a study called uh, Career Criminals. And what it determined was the more you put these uh, uh, career criminals in jail, the more crime goes down. This is completely ignorant, stupid, and dangerous. And now there's an article in the sister publication, uh, the, uh, Washington, the Wall Street Journal, about Seattle, Washington, which you know was besieged by crime in the wake of 2020. They had a Soros-paid-for prosecutor that let all the, let all the uh, uh, criminal uh, uh, rioters, uh, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, go free. Uh, why? George Soros paid for the prosecutor, biggest contributor. George Soros, the biggest contributor to Black Lives Matter and Antifa. It was not accidental. It happened all over the country. And crime went up, and people are leaving Seattle like crazy. They got a new DA named Ann Davison, and she cracked down. Crime is down, and what she says is crime falls when you arrest and punish criminals.